Welcome to the New Christian Podcast, where new Christians and seasoned Christians can get their questions answered. My name is Pastor Jim, and I'll be your host for this podcast. We'll be discussing a lot of different topics, such as how to read your Bible, uh, what it means to be a Christian in the world today, how do we live out our faith, and many other topics. Come and join us as we begin our episode. Hello, and welcome to the New Christian Podcast. This is series two of my uh, podcast, and we're in episode one. We have went through 10 episodes in series one about what it means to be a new Christian, um, salvation, how it mean, what it means to live as a Christian in a world, how do we treat each other, uh, and so on. But in series two, I wanted to really focus on uh, what the doctrines of Christianity are. What do we really believe as Christians, as Orthodox Christians, as some people say, and unpack some of those doctrines uh, that uh, uh, sometimes people misunderstand or, or don't fully understand? So in today's episode one of series two, we're going to talk about who is God you see, when we study, quote-unquote, God, uh, I could spend an entire series just on this one particular subject. But in this episode, I, I want to just give you an overview of what Christians believe about God. First, let's define that word. The study of God is called theology. So let's break that word down. The word theo, or T-H-E-O, is the root word for God. And when we look at ology, O-L-O-G-Y, that's the root word that means to study or study of. Just like biology, zoology, ecology, it's the study of those disciplines. So the study of God is called theology. So where do we begin when we unpack who is God? Why don't we start with scripture? In the book of Psalms, chapter 19, it says this, The heavens declare the Lord of God. The sky displays his handiwork. Day after day, it speaks out night after night, it reveals his greatness. There is no actual speech or words here, nor is it a voice literally heard, yet its voice echoes throughout the earth. Its words carry to it a distant horizon. That was Psalms chapter 19, verses 1 through 4. You see, this passage says that everyday people can see the glory and the magnificence of God. Every day and night, 24-7, people can understand the greatness of God because he revealed it in his creation. And all over creation reveals God's handiwork. 
Second passage I want to bring you to your attention occurs in Romans chapter 1, and it says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of people who suppress the truth by their unrighteousness, because what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen because they are understood through what has been made. So people are without excuse. That's Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. See, that echoes, that really echoes Psalms 19, when we see that through creation, God is revealed. But people, sinful people, repress that nature, repress that thought, repress that God, because they don't see it. But it's all around us. You see here, Paul states that Another thing we can learn from creation is how powerful God is. A vigor expression uh, relates to the divine nature of God, which is seen as well. Thirdly, in the book of Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus makes a statement that relates to this topic. He says, But I say to you, Love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be like your father in heaven since he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. That's Matthew chapter 5 verses 44 and 45. In arguing that the disciples of Jesus need to love their enemies, Jesus mentions that the blessings of the sun and the rain go to all people, whether they are righteous or unrighteous. That would imply that God's love towards all all is seen in these blessings, which is sometimes referred to as common grace. In a similar passage, Paul addresses the topic of God's goodness as witnessed in the blessings he gives to all people. Luke records the speech. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to go their own way, yet he did not leave himself without a witness by going, doing good. By giving you rain from heaven, and and a fruitful season, satisfying you with food and your heart and your hearts with joy. Acts chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. The last passage is from Genesis chapter 1, and I think it is the culmination or, or the beginning of where we see God functioning in in our world and how he has created everything. It says in Genesis chapter one, God created humankind in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. That's Genesis chapter 1, verses 27. Since God doesn't have a physical body, God created man in his, created in God's image. This verse says to us that he, or God, the image of God is referring to his capacity for spiritual relationship, among many other things. I could say a lot more about this, but I wanna—I don't want to muddy the discussion up. So the question is here, what part of God's image is there? Both God and man are personal, relational, moral, and rational people. These seem to be some of the inferred characteristics that both God and man share. So what about God? Christians believe that God is, how we'll say, uh, immutable, eternal, impassable, immensity, omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscience, uh, just to name a few. And we're going to unpack each one of those so that I can help you understand what each one of those are. We'll start with immutable, that God never changes in his nature. You can look at Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 23, verses 19. God is not human, that he should lie not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and does he does he speak and not act? Well, of course not. Does he promise and not fulfill? So the passages that I'll be giving for you that I may not be uh, actually reading, I will put them in the description of this podcast. And I will go ahead and link my blog, which will have the show notes for this episode and future episodes that we that I reference scripture that I may not quote verbatim, uh, that you can go and look these scriptures up for yourself. This will help to save time in the podcast so that I'm not reading scripture the entire time and just giving you uh, the references to go to on your own. The next thing we can look at is God is eternal. The Bible makes it clear that God is beyond time. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Since time does not begin until the universe does, this places God beyond time. He is eternal. Didn't have a beginning, doesn't have an end. Next thing we look at is God is impassable. This means that God is not passable or subject to passion. God cannot undergo passion or suffering. Uh, Nothing in the created universe can make God feel pain or inflict misery on him or on himself. That does not mean that God has no feelings, but simply that His feelings are not the result of actions imposed on him by others. 
His feelings flow from his eternal and unchanging nature. Next, we look at immensity. This means non-material, to be simple. Simply put, God is pure spirit. Believers are even forbidden to make any physical images of God. Just look at the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20, verses 4. God is not composed of matter, nor is he made, he has a body, nor does he have a body. Many passages speak of this, and I'll give you a few that you can look up. Genesis chapter 1, Exodus chapter 20, verse 4, Exodus chapter 33, verse 20, 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 27, and Isaiah chapter 66, verses 1 and 2. Again, I'll leave these scripture references in my blog notes so that you can go back and look them up later. Next, we look at omnipotent. Okay, This means that God has unlimited power. Theologically, this means that God can do whatever is possible to do, or God can do what is not impossible to do. His power is unlimited and uninhibited by anything else. Omnipotence does not mean that God can do what is contradictory. The scripture affirms that God cannot contradict his nature. And the references for this are Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, and Titus chapter 1, verse 2. He cannot force freedom, as in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. It also does not mean that God must do all that he can do. It simply means that he has the power to do whatever is possible, even if he chooses not to do something. Next, we look at omnipresence. This means that God is everywhere, present uh, everywhere, all at once. What it doesn't mean is God is creation. God is not creation. And what this means is that God is a tree, or God is a plant, or God is uh, any other type of earthly object. That would be pantheism. Uh, is what that is. And that really simply means that God is everything and everyone, in a sense. So what does it mean? It means that all of God is everywhere at once. In the Bible, we see the scripture speaking of this in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 27, Psalms chapter 95, verses 3 through 5, Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10, just to name a few. Next, God is omniscience. Simply, this simply means that he knows everything, past, present, and future. He knows actually and he knows actually and the possibility. Only the impossible, the contradictory, 
is out of the knowledge of God. References for this in scripture are Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, Job chapter 21, verse 22, also Job chapter 36, verse 4, chapter 37, verse 16, and Psalm 139, verses 2 through 4. In the New Testament, Matthew chapter 6, verse 8 says this, Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So I know, I know just, we've just skimmed the surface of this topic. And I've only addressed a small portion of who God is. So if you have specific questions, I want you to contact me and I'll try to explain more about your and help you with your questions. I will add these show notes, like I said, to my blog so that you can look up the scripture references and link and a link in the description of this podcast so that you may be able to go directly to my blog and get the information. So what can we understand about God as we close? The following characteristics are evident. God is glorious. God is powerful. God loves all. God is good to all. And God is a personal, relational, moral, and rational being. I want to thank you for joining me on this journey. And I look forward to sharing with you more in, in this series two of the doctrines of the Christian faith. May you be blessed this week. I want to thank you for joining me on the New Christian Podcast today. And if you have any questions or would like help with anything, uh, feel free to contact me on my anchor.fm uh, dashboard, uh, my Facebook and Twitter uh, links, links are there, and you can also reach me if you uh, are on YouTube and you search Preacher Jim C. My YouTube channel will come up, and you can message me there. Uh, and I want to thank you for joining us, and have a blessed day.